Hey, good morning. It is Wednesday, and one of the car cultures that I like, and I've always liked, is the custom cars, or as we refer to them now, as lowriders. I've been doing some reading up on this, and because it's always been a concern for me, I guess you could say, is we have categorized all lowered, custom-painted cars of late as lowriders. When I was a kid, Living on Van Nuys Boulevard, one of the main cruising areas of the San Fernando Valley here in Southern California, there was a custom car culture. And that custom car culture exhibited various ethnic backgrounds, various car bodies. The thing they had in common, they were customized. They removed the door handles. They dechromed the vehicles. They did body modifications to stylized the vehicles. They put canted four headlights on a 50 Ford that only had a single headlight. They pancaked the hood. They chopped the top. Those were customs. Some of them had candy paint jobs. I remember a neighbor of uh, my cousin's in North Hollywood painted his 63 Chevy candy apple red. Then it was candy apple gold. Then it was candy apple blue. It changed colors based on the shows he'd go to. So every year to compete, he'd want to go even further. So he would change the car up. It was called a Custom. It was a 63 Chevy. It was lowered. It had a lot of chrome under the hood. It had a four-speed. It had bucket seats. It had a custom interior. Candy paint job. Metal flake at times, depending on, again, what he did for that year. Then it expanded. Custom cars all of a sudden started to be calling lowriders, and they were strictly associated with the Chicano or the Hispanic community here in Southern California. Now, I've always wondered where that break came and why it did come. If you look at some of the paint jobs from Watson, the famous car painter, those were customs, but they were multicolored. They were candy colors. And uh, as you saw on my initial post saying what we were talking about today, there were, yes, and, and Jay Black, you're correct. They were called lead sleds early on because they didn't have Bondo. All the bodywork was done with lead. And uh, John Gomes is saying, I'm here, and I'm, he started with lowriders. Your neighbor sounds like uh, Gary Baca. <laughs> okay. Hi, Ellen Fox. You're here today at Mark McGeorge. Thank you. All right. So the 60s, when I was a kid, we had customs. We didn't call them lowriders, and there was no ethnic cut. There was diversity. It didn't matter what your ethnic background was. The common ground was the custom car, and you were either a surfer or a greaser, or a hodad if you dressed like a surfer but never got on a board and never went to the beach. But the custom cars, those guys were primarily the greasers, and we all say greasers, they were drag racers. So it was the car community, and the lowrider came out of that, but I don't see it in my lifetime as just an ethnic thing. Now, it is strong in the Hispanic neighborhoods, in the Hispanic culture, and it's very family-oriented. I really like that about the, the lowrider groups, but I still have trouble just calling them lowriders as a category, a category because they actually started out as customs. Harahata, the Merc, built by the Barris brothers, could be considered a lowrider today. It wasn't 
It was a custom back in the day when it was built. It was a lead sled, like John has said. The Alexander brothers did many custom cars. Hi, Frank Coscarelli. How are you doing today? And Joey Nizwanger. I hope I, mis I didn't mispronounce that too badly. You're watching. Thanks for tuning in. So the lowrider has expanded the category, the cars, and I love these cars. The attention to detail, the extraordinary paint jobs. These cars are amazing. And a couple of years ago when we exhibited my wife's car at the Grand National Roadster Show, we were alongside a lowrider club, and the cars were exquisite. The level of paint on these cars, the quality, the attention to detail, the various candy colors. Hi, Shirley Shahan. How are you doing? Shirley Shahan Bridges, one of the most famous female drag racers of all time, is watching us right now. Hi, Shirley. Hey, there was a great article about you in a magazine I just picked up the other day. I'll have to uh, talk about that and, and talk to you again. We haven't spoken in quite some time since uh, the last time you came up in the tower at the Hot Rod Reunion. Thanks for, uh, for watching this morning, Shirley. All right. The lowrider culture has expanded, though, now again. It has become multicultural, and it has gotten strong worldwide. The Japanese have embraced the lowrider culture, and it's, uh, they have become very strong in it. Now, one of the, the aspects of the lowriders I really like are the 30s through 50s cars that they refer to as bombs. Now, why, I'm not quite sure, but man, these things are the bomb. They are cool. They'll take a 30s to 50s car, usually the fat fendered cars, not the uh, Model A's and 32 Fords and the 34 Fords. You'll find the cars that actually had the fatter fenders that covered more of the tire. And they look like they're fully restored vehicles. They get every imaginable accessory on these cars. They bring the paint jobs back to a luster and a finish that was far greater than they were when they were manufactured. But they look like they just came off the assembly line, with the exception of they're lowered. Now, sometimes they put the smaller wheels and tires on them. Other times, they just put wide whites on them. The artillery wheels, they drop them down. They are cool. These guys search for some of the best and most rare accessories that were ever available on those cars. Whether it was dealer-installed or factory-offered, they find them and put them on. The the uh, sunshades or the shields on the front over the front windshield, the antennas, the accessory skirts, the chrome pieces, the trafficators, and these are the little plastic things that go on the dashboard because in many cases, when they first started putting traffic lights up, because of where you sat in the car, the roof line was such that you could not see the traffic lights. So they had what they called was a trafficator. It was a little plastic piece that went on the dashboard that in some cases was louvered in such a way that it would you could see the traffic light in it. There were compasses. There were stereos. There were, well, not stereos, but better radios. Michael St. Angel says, Brad Shedd on Motor Trend TV. Okay, not sure what that is. Alan Gunnick, air conditioning. You'll find air conditioning in a lot of cars, and a lot of guys are upgrading it just, just because it's more comfortable to drive in during the summertime. But the accessories that I'm talking about are the period correct accessories. The accessories you could have found on well, J.C. Whitney, for example. Uh, 
at the dealership. There were a lot of accessories available. Tissue uh, boxes that came out from underneath the dashboard. Record players. There were so many things that came out, and the lowrider culture has embraced this, and I love it. They are great. And Van Nuys Boulevard is very high, uh, big on the lowrider culture. Uh, the third Wednesday of the month, it's club night. It's cruise night on Van Nuys Boulevard. They brought it back, and a lot of lowriders come out there. It is just cool. And uh, back in the day, there was a place on Van Nuys Boulevard where the custom car guys and then the lowriders would meet. It was June Allen's Donuts on Van Nuys Boulevard just before Ventura Boulevard. The street racers would meet up at Jack in the Box, and, uh, and those are the independent street racers. The car club street racers, where I met John Gomes, we'd meet at the Hughes Market on Van Nuys Boulevard and Burbank Boulevard. It's a, I think it's a Ralph's now. But there were certain places on Van Nuys Boulevard the different clubs and the different type of cars would meet. Over at the uh, mortuary, there would be the associated vans. Across the street of the Pontiac dealership would be the Royal GTOs. Hi, Kathy Calderwood. How you doing? Is uh, Hunter watching with us? I hope so. Hi, Hunter. In Tennessee, watching with us right now. Hi, Hunter. How you doing there, guy? You keeping Grandma busy? And John Gomes, yeah, June Allen's is correct. Yeah, I know. And that's also where some of the guys with the Harleys would go. And it was always considered the rough parking lot. So I would stay away from that. I was just a little 98-pound weakling kid back in those days. I've made up for lost time, though. But uh, it was cool back in the day. But lowriders and customs, to me, they're somewhat synonymous. Although the cars that we see today in the lowrider culture spend more time on the individual details and the paint and interior than the custom guys of the 60s did. The custom guys of the 50s and the 60s would actually alter the bodies more. Whereas the traditional lowriders of today, on the bombs, they're, they're restored beautifully. Plus the suspensions are upgraded and all the accessories. On the later cars from the 60s, there's detail in getting that bodywork perfect. Getting the engine compartment Perfect. If it don't go, chrome it. You see chrome suspensions. You see hydraulics. You see airbags. You see complete undercarriages tooled. Now, when I say by tooled, is if you've looked at uh, some of the etchings or uh, metal sculpturing on guns, for example, that has been transformed to cars. And you'll see many lowriders with these beautiful, beautiful carvings door handles, some of the body. I saw one car where the entire body was sculptured like that. Someone really spent a lot of time. Good morning, Linda Beatty Gentile. And good morning to you and good health. So far, so good. Bob Lohman's watching us now as well. So the lowriders are a very significant and important part of the car culture we all belong to. Now, whether you like hot rods, muscle cars, sports cars, imports, domestics, it really doesn't matter. It's hot rodding in the purest sense, regardless of the year vehicle you have, the origin of the country, or the style. It boils down to the hot rodding community. And whether it's a low rider, a custom, a street rod, a hot rod, a tea bucket, a muscle car, or a sports car. We are all part of the same community. We just have a different portion of it. 
and I love it all. And uh, technically, I kind of have a lowrider right now, or a custom, depending on how you look at it. I've got a 1957 Ford. It's dropped, got wide whites, skinnies. Uh, so it could be considered a lowrider. Now, John Gomes says, which stand? Harvey's Broiler. Yes, Hawthorne, A&W, Scott's in Downey, the Box Factory in Whittier, Colorado Boulevard, San Fernando, ESA. Yes, there were a lot of places to meet. And today, that's kind of limited. Hi, John Mullen. How are you doing this morning? But the lowrider faction or portion of the car culture is an important and an amazing aspect of it. And it has led to many other different things done to cars because of things they have made as innovations. When they started going to hydraulics back in the 60s to raise and lower the cars as low as they can go. Some people say it's because of the lowriders and the hydraulics that California enacted a law saying uh, you couldn't have anything on the vehicle lower than the wheel rim. Guys, that's common sense. That has nothing to do with lowriders. But it was a way that the police could cite someone using hydraulic suspension if the car was so low that the chassis or something of the body was lower than the wheel rim. Now, that's been a rule in drag racing as long as I can remember. Because there's the situation. If you get a flat tire, you do not want something on the body or the frame hitting the ground. So that is just safety to me and basic and I've can't say that I've ever not violated that. As a matter of fact, I, I've had my share of too low tickets uh, with other cars, including a Volkswagen, believe it or else. Uh, got pulled over one night on Van Nuys Boulevard for being too low. So you look go as low as you can go. And the, the as I put on the, on the page, how low and slow was the words used for many lowriders back in the 60s, and that was the kind of movement it was. Cassie says, Google says lowriding took off in the East L.A. area in the early 70s. Well, that probably is the term lowrider, or what they associated as lowriders. The custom cars date back to the 30s and 40s, and the real big growth in custom cars came with George and Sam Barris here in Southern California back in the late 40s, early 50s. The most famous of those custom cars, well, was the Harahata Merc. And then there was others that they did, and other builders got involved in these things. And they were called customs. So in the 70s, I think that's when the term lowrider started being applied to these cars. And then it became a cultural thing as the Caucasians started moving away to muscle cars and sports cars and things, the Hispanic community grabbed onto the lowrider style and the older cars. Now, it's not, please don't make this a racial thing. It's just something that has been noted in many pages on, on, on the internet and in books that the lowrider community when it was called, when it became called lowriders, it was primarily the Hispanic community that gathered and grabbed that distinction or name. But like I said, originally they were customs. 
and there was no racial or ethnic difference. It was the type of car you chose to drive or build. And John Gomes is saying some of the uh, original hydraulics came out of the landing gears of B-52s and other aircraft. Rebecca says, lowrider community is respectful of all types of rides. And I agree with you 100%, Rebecca. And again, that's why I'm saying this is not a, a, a slam on any ethnic background. And it's, it's something, I love the cards. I love the people. And one of the things about it is it's not something that separates people. The lowrider community does not want to separate the car cultures. They've just embraced this type or style of car, whether it's the bombs from the 30s to the 50s or the Chevys, especially, you know, the lowrider community really gleaned, according to what I've read, on the new X-Frame that General Motors came out with in 1958, starting with the Impalas and the Pontiacs and the Oldsmobiles at the time, because it really lent itself well to lowering a car. Four coil spring suspension. So you had coil springs at every corner, made it easier to lower. Lowering blocks went on the cars with the leaf springs, and Rebecca's saying, you know, her family hangs out with both. As a kid, I did too. I loved the custom cars. And there was a custom shop right around the corner from where I lived on Van Nuys Boulevard. And I'd spend many a day on the way home from school just looking at what they were building and the custom work they were doing. And yeah, Rebecca, I know you love Chevy's. You got that cool 55 and you used to drag race that Nova. Haven't seen you out at the track racing in quite a few years. Now, you did have that Pontiac wagon for a while that your dad had, but it was cool. Shaved handles, set down a little low. There's a Keystone style or Supreme mags, and that, that's what I've got on my 57 Ford. I've got Supremes, wide whites. It's set down low. As a matter of fact, I have trouble going up driveways with it, and uh, it was my kid's car. So we got the doors handles shaved. It's got a louvered hood. That's kind of hot rod, not necessarily a low rider, but it's set down low. And it goes slow, although it's cool. All right, Cassie Nunez, you need to look up Gypsy Rose. No, you don't have to look it up. That is the most famous low rider of all times. And it is, it was at, last time I saw it, it was at the Peterson Automotive Museum. It is just the epitome of what low riders have become. The attention to detail of Gypsy Rose. And if you don't know what Gypsy Rose is, folks, Google it. It's a 1964 Chevy Impala, and it is gorgeous. The original owner of the car passed away, but the legacy of that car continues on. It is still a stunning car, although it was built, what, 30 years ago or 40 years ago. It's a 1964 Chevy Impala, and it is just beautiful. And Rebecca, you are absolutely right. Uh, Cassie Noon's no white, not pink. Well, it's white and pink, John. But... Uh, Rebecca says, yeah, the paint jobs are amazing. The time it takes to do a candy paint job on a lowrider is tremendous. The amount of masking, the creativity of the lines, how they pick it up, how they enhance the vehicle's metal lines with paint, the metal flakes, the pearls, the lace, all sorts of painting techniques are utilized on these cars, and they are just beautiful. Richard Candonhead says, El Paso, you name it, you'll see it on any cruise night. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the same way here, too. All right, guys, I hope you've enjoyed gas. 
we covered the low riders going low and slow and i love it all thanks for joining us here on gas the great american auto scene every morning at 11 a.m monday through friday and special ones on weekends when we can get back to going to car shows hopefully that'll be soon unfortunately right now many of the shows that uh, i was going to go to have been canceled or some have been delayed john gomes is saying the first one was the best walt prey did it the second gypsy rose was a 64 okay danny santos cheech and chong 63 up in smoke sure richard worthington's tuning in mike scott how are you doing so low riding is a significant and an important part of our car culture you don't have to drive one but please enjoy the attention to detail the craftsmanship and the love of the automobile that goes into it i'm hot rod bob you've had gas the morning edition thanks for tuning in have a great day i'll see you tomorrow and tomorrow i might be on the road because well like i said i've got my 57 ford and it's low very low and very slow no it's not really slow but it, it it's cool and uh, but i'm going to pick up some parts for it so i'm going to go out to my friend who restores 57 fords and we'll take a look at the 57 fords tomorrow that was the ford that finally beat chevrolet in the low price sales battles 1957 a banner year for 57 fords take care folks we'll talk to you tomorrow i'm hot rod bob you've got gas the morning edition brought to you by valley head service Service Tech, Irwindale Speedway, Irwindale Drag Strip, Tucker Tire, and Moon Eyes. Take care, folks. I hope to see you soon.